good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of this recording. This is episode 89 of the Restricted Zone Podcast, and I'm with a great crew today to, to talk about this action-packed football. Johnny, introduce yourself, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping in. Yes, sir. Kendrick, introduce yourself to the crowd, man. You know, I'm working on this trademark, the smartest man on the podcast. Wait on it. I'm getting the trademark. It's your boy. Yes, sir. I'll see and everything. Core, introduce yourself to the fans, man. Yo, it's your boy, Young Core, back for another good episode. Let's get it, boys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And like I said earlier, we come into an action-packed football episode. I mean, we we give a little bit of the recap of the previous week that just passed. I mean, uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of intense moments. Uh, something I want to swing out to you guys, uh, uh, Johnny. What was, in your opinion, the most entertaining game as a fan, and what was the most intense game, in your opinion, out of those weekend battles? Surprisingly, the most entertaining game, believe it or not, was my personal opinion, the Giants and the Vikings. The most intense game, Jaguars Chargers. Okay. Okay, Corday, is that something that you would you would agree? Uh I actually agree with Johnny a hundred percent. Vikings and Giants was definitely the most entertaining to me. And uh overwhelming I would say was the uh the Jags and Chargers. I honestly, that was a game I fell asleep on, bro. And I woke up. Next thing I know, they got the they got the ball down too with two minutes left. So I missed like the whole game. So that was really overwhelming for me, considering I missed it. Man, and Kendrick, I'm gonna uh, leave it off with you and let you go in and run the show. Okay, so I'm gonna have to not agree with Johnny. You know, I'm gonna have to say honestly, the most intense game had to be the Jaguars and the Chargers. Actually, no, I take that back. I take that back. That is, that was the most entertaining game because of the comeback. I will say that. I will say that. But the most, the most intense game was the, was the Bills and the Dolphins game. Because I said it, I said, or maybe two weeks ago, I said, listen, the only way the Bills, the only way the Dolphins really proceed is Josh Allen and the defense steps up. Josh Allen threw picks defense stepped up but the bills still end up winning we'll get to them later but first let's bring back the jaguars and how they came back they was down what was it 20 they was trailing 27 by 27 came back and won 31 to 30 now their next opponents are the number one seeded kansas city chiefs yes the kansas city chiefs honestly the chiefs are giving the same vibe as the dynasty like you know tom brady and the New England Patriots. I think we should start talking about that soon, honestly. It, it's really something to talk about, but we'll save that for another time. So um, I'd like to hear y'all thoughts. I'm going to go with Johnny first. Who uh, who do you think is going to be a winner out of this, the Jaguars or the Chiefs? Well, I'm going to tell you this now. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm going to be – I'm going to um, – I'm going to be, you know, have common sense here. And I'm going I'm to go with the Chiefs on paper. That being said – I always have this knack for it may sound like I'm playing advocate and I always try to reiterate that I do not play advocate. I just analyze no advocate, just analyze. I might make that a trademark, but with that being said, <clears throat> excuse me, with that being said, 
I would expect the Chiefs to win this game, but when I say obvious reasons, don't count out these Jaguars. Let me explain why. Just in a couple of reasons, not even long. Real quick, I'm not going to lie, I will give I will, I'll give the edge in certain aspects of the game to the Chiefs as far as obviously offense, but also I'm not going to lie, that front four, that that run defense, I got them down for for playing having a good having a good game led by Chris Jones. I think he's got those guys balling and him in and of himself, he's got like 17 sacks, or I forgot how many sacks he's, I think 15, but he's been balling out this year, but I got them down for first off stopping the run, because the last time they played the Jags in week 10, I think Travis Etienne, their number one running back, he was coming off of three straight games with 100 yards. They shut him down to 45. So they make a, they, they, they did a good job on like stuffing those guys, so I think this time around, that's a focus that the Chiefs will be confident in, um, another, um, an, an, but, um, as far as the advocate me sounding goes, I do want to watch out because I'm going to tell you this now, if the Jaguars can protect Trevor Lawrence, um, and if they can, uh, if he, they can give him time, they, I'm not going to say they can run with the Chiefs, but they might can score a little bit with them, as crazy as that might sound. Like, uh, if the, let's pay attention to the second half la- last week. Not so much the first half, except for that touchdown before that led to halftime. I feel like you have to get that, like, to start the comeback. That was very important, okay. But as far as the second half for the Jaguars, like, offensively, I, I think their O-line didn't allow a sack at all. I don't think they allowed a sack at all in that second half. I think Trevor was, pre- was pretty clean. And when he had time, his passer rating in the second half was 100.8. Yeah, in the second half, obviously, alone, was 100.8. Christian Kirk, eight, percent, eight, eight catches, 78 yards in the touchdown. Zay Jones, sort of the same, 74 yards, eight touches, touchdown. Not wow numbers, not wow numbers, but I'm going to tell you why this is important. The Chiefs are dead last in pass defense. I did not know that. They are 32nd right now, and they, were th- they ended the season 32nd in the league in pass defense. And just on, just at, just, um, their corners alone on receivers, they're 27th in the league in completion percentage allowed. So if you give Trevor Lawrence a chance, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones might can fry these guys just a little bit. Uh, Cause at, at the end of the day, the Chiefs ended up not missing Tariq Hill, but they darn sure missed Tavon Mateo. But other than that, you know, um, I will say advantage uh, Chiefs. Other than that, I will say advantage Chiefs. Um, I mean, unless they can figure out a way to stop, you know, the, the secondary steps up, and they, they got to figure out where to rush Trevor. It's looking like the Chiefs will be okay just off the simple fact that they're just number one in everything yards per game. They were like second on third down. They just don't get off the field, and they were like number one or number two in the red zone. So, um, I will say Chiefs on paper, but watch out for those shakes. Corday, what you got to say about that? Do you agree? Do you agree he's going to be Chiefs? Or are you saying that the Jaguars could upset? Because I I got some thoughts on it too, but I'm gonna let you go though. I'm gonna let you go, Corday. Um, bro, me personally, it's the Chiefs we're talking about, bro. Um, you mentioned it earlier. I feel like they're a team that I feel like are they're transitioning into potentially this generation's next dynasty. Um. But I, I'm not going to say it's going to be like a 
40-point blowout. Um, I think the Jags can put up some points, but my thing is, will it be enough points? Because when you play the Chiefs, it always comes down to, can you outscore Patrick Mahomes, which is very difficult to do. Uh, when it comes to a shootout and putting up points on board, there's not really anyone I'm taking over Patrick Mahomes in the league right now. Um, but the thing with the Jags is they can't start off the game slow, man. They can't if, – if Trevor Lawrence starts the game off throwing two interceptions, three interceptions, they're, they're not going to win. The Chiefs are a team where if their defense is able to create turnovers, they're going to turn those turnovers into points. You can't have costly turnovers against a team like the Chiefs. Uh, it, it just doesn't make for a, a winning formula, bro. Um, with Johnny bringing up the Chiefs' uh, pass defense, yes, their pass defense has been the worst in the league at uh, 32. Uh, but the thing is, also with that a little bit, is you have to think, sometimes with the Chiefs, bro, a lot of their games are, are blowouts or not close. So when you're down by 20-plus points, you're throwing the ball a lot where team that team is going to be playing like a soft, just prevent coverage, allowing you to just throw one of the knees which is going to make for a quarterback to complete throws, a team to get yardage. So a lot of it, I feel like, is a little bit of a false-like narrative, I would say. But it is a little concerning considering you're ranked dead last in the playoffs, where in the playoffs it comes down to who can get that big defensive stop. And right now I don't trust the Chiefs defense to get that big defensive stop. But at the same time, you're going to have to hope the team on the opposing side of Patrick Mahomes could put up points. And truthfully, I just don't see anyone in the AFC right now putting up points. Well, I think Burrow could do it. I think Allen could do it. But it's going to be hard to beat Patrick Mahomes. We saw this guy last year go down the field and, and score with 13 seconds left. So it all comes down to the end of the day. He's going to go stride for stride and pass for pass with Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. Uh, let me, Colin. Are you are you with the are you on the Chiefs rank train? Like, are you just hopping on hopping on hopping on board the Chiefs train? Man, you know, I've see with the Jaguars, I'm so hesitant because when you look at that game, it was literally hell in heaven, day and night. Uh, four interceptions the first half. And then you look at the second half, and he played so poised, calm, made sharp, decisive decisions. Was like it was just like, man, are we gonna get that Trevor Lawrence? You know, that's the big question for me because if we get that Trevor Lawrence, don't you guys think this is a real game? I'm gonna okay to answer that honestly. I do want to say. Like, all right, two. I'm gonna say if one. I'm gonna say two things. It will be. He was a hundred. He had a hundred passer rating in the second half. So, like I said, they gotta right. protect him. They gotta protect him. He can score a little bit. I will say though. I will say the ultimate demise probably will be Travis Kelsey. The um Jags, they're like dead last in stopping tight ends. And like you said, it comes down. All this comes down to the quarterback, right? And I, I think, like you said, the Chiefs leading into the dynasty is because of Pat Mahomes. Like, I, I think that obviously the Jags have a better chance, but Pat Mahomes just always find a way. Like, for example, the Jags are, like, number one in stopping running backs in the receiving game. McKinnon has 500 yards. If you shut him down, Pat Mahomes is going to do something else, bro. That's true. And then, so, what with that, with Corday, I saw you unmute yourself. You want to say something? 
Yeah, I just want to say, um, Johnny, I'm not saying you're wrong or or anything, but think about what you said. You said that you think Trevor Lawrence and the Jags can score a little bit. A little bit's not enough when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. That's my point. You're going to have to be able to go touchdown for touchdown, pass for pass with a guy like Patrick Mahomes who's kind of almost bound to put up thirty, uh, at least 30-plus points. Oh, it's gonna hurt. And yeah, you're right. A lot of garbage stats on that on that on that pass defense. Probably a lot of garbage yards that have dropped them down in that pass defense. Um, yes, yeah, like I said, Chiefs on paper. Um, it'll be. I got Mahomes and Kelsey like snapping low key. I I feel like me personally, the Chiefs, in terms of offense, their offense won't see a real challenge until their Super Bowl opponent if they reach it that far. In terms of defense, that's that. That sounds good. Uh, but 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 going hold the bricks. Did you say you say they'll really face a real defense until they make it to the Super Bowl? You know, if the Bengals beat the Bills, if the Bengals beat the Bills, you remember the last time the Bengals played? Uh, the Bengals won. That was in the regular season. They're three and zero. They're three and zero. Great point. They're three and zero. Joe Burrow was three and zero. Somebody could beat Patrick Mahomes. So I want to say that's a very great point. That's a very listen. That's a very great point. I made a I made a point in the last episode that I have not to jump the gun, but I made a point last episode. I have the Bengals going back to the Super Bowl. But my thing is, in terms of think about those games where the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs. Correct. Think about it. Patrick Mahomes was still putting up a pretty high amount of points. Joe Burrow is just a quarterback who's able to go pass the pass. Yeah, but he's still he's still Joe Joe Burrow is a quarterback who, who one of the few quarterbacks who can go touchdown for touchdown, pass for pass with uh, Patrick Mahomes, which you have to give Joe Burrow his credit for. But at the same time, we can't say he Patrick did. Mahomes no. wasn't putting up a good amount of points against the Bengals defense. He wasn't putting up enough points though. It's it, it, clear as day when somebody's three and zero. It's not like oh they're one and one or you know one and two. Not that cl- it's three and zero. Obviously, yeah, I understand Joe, that, but it's not like the Bengals defense was coming out and dominating fashion. That's that's not true whatsoever. It's not true whatsoever. Obviously, the point of winning the game is outscoring the other team, scoring more points than the other team. But we're, we we're we're not going to come out here and just act like the Bengals defense put on a domination a, a dominating display. It doesn't. Listen, if, if you realize, as you realize, you've seen some outrageous games. I can bring up a plethora of games. Like look at the Rams and Chiefs. Remember when they was like fifty two forty nine? It doesn't matter if you're going toe for toe. Your defense can get that one important stop. There you go. That's all you needed. So we can. I'm not saying that. Oh, the Bengals defense is shutting down Patrick Mahomes. I never said that. I said the Bengals defense is also doing a good job making that key stop, basically, making that key stop to get yeah, out. At the same time, the point I'm and making his is back and, his like back better, and at the same time, the point I'm making is if, if they're happen to get that far, I feel like the better defenses are in the NFC compared than I do the, the AFC. So my point is I'm saying I think that the NFC has the tougher defenses right now. Okay, but I'm just saying Patrick Mahomes can be beat, and he's been beaten three times by Joe Burrow. I think he couldn't be beaten. But you're saying that they have to outscore him. Like, okay, I mean, but I'm just saying he's been outscored before, so that's a doable thing. I never said it was a doable thing. I was saying in terms of the Jaguars, the Jaguars I don't think will be able to score as much points as the Kansas City Chiefs. But listen, it's not. But you're you're saying it's only offensive base, and this is what I'm like with waiting I'm for somebody else. I'm not saying it's offensive base. No, 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 wait, when, when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes who puts up almost thirty plus points a game, you're going to have to be able to put up points on their defense. And I don't see the Jaguars scoring that many points. 
Okay, all right. So as I was about to say, you don't see them scoring, but you're not you're not including their defense. Like you're just you're just saying their defense is not going to be good enough to never stop Patrick Mahomes once. And I feel like that's outrageous to sit here and say. You don't understand like you do understand the Jaguars are the hot team right now. They are striking while the iron is hot. They haven't lost the game since uh hold on, give me one second. I just had it up. Okay, why do you look for that? The, 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 last time, the last time they lost was December 4th against the Detroit Lions. Ever since that last loss, they have won every single game. So I'm okay, thinking... Okay, listen to, listen to this. They put up... And I'm not, the Chargers hold on, put hold up on, 30 hold points, on. correct? Did the Chargers score 30 points? Yes. And you think Patrick Mahomes will... You think Patrick Mahomes will be able to put up 27 first half points and then not be able to score in the second half? No, that's not happening. They're playing a much more. You don't know that. Who you put up twenty-seven points in the first half? Who said that? Also, I, let's if, not if, pat, oh, if, that. If Patrick Mahomes has twenty-seven points, because if has twenty-seven points by halftime, you cannot convince me Patrick Mahomes will not be able to score more. Okay, but let's see. What about the Jaguars though? Like, are they not going to be able to put up points? I think the Jaguars will be able to put up points, but I don't think they'll be able to put up enough points if it comes down to a shootout. But that's if it comes down to a shootout. You're already every – That was my prediction. That was my prediction. I said I'm predicting the Chiefs to go on a scoring range. I said it won't be close. That's fine. I'm just responding to it. That's Kendrick, all. Kendrick, if I, could, if I could just play in, like I yeah. think that the, I, I, I agree a little, I agree with what you're saying. Like let's just – because, like, I mean, I do want to add that the Jaguars O-line since that streak has only – I think they're past for, they've only allowed like, I forgot how many sacks they've allowed, but they've been pretty very tight. But I will say, according to your theory, Kendrick, it's going to take that one stop. So let's say the Jaguars do actually start going bucket for bucket with the Chiefs. What did you say? It's going to, all it takes is that one stop at any time of the game based off the Rams Chiefs game, 52 49, right? So all it took was that one stop. If they, all based off that theory, I'd go with the Chiefs because I feel like they get to the quarterback a little bit more than the Jaguars do. They make up for that bad pass defense. So if that's the case, I give that advantage to the Chiefs even defensively. So you're so okay, so you're saying that the Chiefs front four is going to outplay the Jaguars O five? Okay. O line? Oh that 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 hot O line. That very hot O line. Very, very hot O line. We're, you're looking at a extru- you're looking at a team that's on fire right now. And I'm listen, I was gonna say the Jaguars is gonna come out and shock the world and beat the Chiefs, honestly, just because of how hot they've been over the past month, basically. The last month they've been they haven't lost in the past month if you go from the dates. I'm just saying. Listen, yeah, Jaguars, I, I, okay. listen Jaguars well, might shock the world. I'm going to uh, okay, the shock the world, they got to stop Travis Kelsey because Dell Everett had six catches for 109 yards in the touchdown. And that's, they, that's the Chargers tight end. So what's Kelsey going to do? They're 30th in stopping tight ends alone. They're going to, if they want to pull that, they got to, I don't know what they're going to do with Kelsey. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, listen, anybody else have so many final words on the, uh, Chiefs and Jaguars game since it's three to one, you know, three in favor to the Chiefs and I'm by myself. I don't mind being by myself. <laughs> uh, real, I'm real quick. I'm your opinion wrong and there's nothing wrong with you being by yourself. It just, just I feel like the Chiefs are, is going to go on a scoring clinic and the Jags won't be able to keep up. 
Oh, I mean that's fine. I was just stating what the um what the count was, just for the for the for everybody. That's okay. I was just stating the count three to one. That's all. It's cool. Real quick, real quick, can we shout out the co- can we real quick um can we real quick shout out the coaches? Dougie P, you want to get going Dougie P and Andy Reid? Can we shout out the coaches real fast? Shout out the coaches, shout out the former coaches. Yes, sir. Dougie P and Andy Reid. Shout out, Dougie. Okay, we are gonna move on now. Now let's 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 get into the NFC. Let's get into the number one seed on the NFC side. Let's give it up for the Philadelphia Eagles. Woo 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 woo. And then let's give it yes, up. Sir. Let's give it up for the New York Giants. No, 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 no. We really got to shout them out because who thought they was going to make the playoffs? Come on. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Shout who out to the I hate to say, I hate, I hate to bring up old segments. We okay. had a segment. We had mm-hmm. a segment. I talked about Kevin DeBall. I didn't say playoffs. I didn't say playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I talked about those guys. Listen, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm just shocked that they made the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not shocked that they won games or did X, Y, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm shocked that they made the playoffs. I'm honestly shocked that three teams out of our division, who which supposedly is the worst division out there, <laughs> had three, four, had three teams out of four in the playoffs, almost had all four in well, but you but you do gotta factor in the 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 kind of anomaly of like the the Packers, the the Bucket, the Raiders, like even and, them, you know, nobody thought they would do this poorly. Uh, maybe the Buccaneers people had maybe, but the other two was just. Eh. Then you got a couple other teams that you know they're kind of like just mediocre around, just above the waters, hanging around. I mean, yeah, the Cardinals, the Cardinals. See, we expected the Cardinals to be in. Some of you expect that you had the Cardinals at, at the be- in, in the beginning of the summer. Before, before, uh, well, maybe. Well, I have a lot. Even after the Hopkins six week suspension, I thought they had enough. I really did. JJ White and Chandler Jones, how don't you perform? I did not have them making the playoffs. No, I didn't have me. I don't have. I need DeAndre Hopkins to get out of here. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. That was it. Look, to your point, Colin, the Cardinals surprised me as well. I thought they would be in the beginning. I week one. Hopes, I thought I had the Cardinals as a playoff team, and I don't think I was the only one. Um, yeah, but you're right. A lot of teams folded. All right, hey, Bring it back. Listen, a lot Bring of teams back. fold. It happens. But listen, who's going to fold this this Saturday? Are the Eagles going to fold or are the Giants going to fold? I just can't I imagine just can't this folding. Imagine. Like, I just can't imagine. If we lost, I just don't. I can't even imagine us losing. We're, we had, we were supposed to win. But listen, yo. I, I'm gonna just They're say. Not, I, go, go, ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead, Cordage. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish up. No, I mean, honestly, that's, that's all I had to say. Like, what we're supposed to win this game if we lose? It's, it's like, I feel like um, the Eagles are going to win. Um, I think the Eagles are going to win. They should win. They're the better team on paper, and on paper, it's not even close. Yeah. But don't don't expect this game. Me personally, I'm not expecting a blowout. I'm not expecting no a crazy like a crazy Eagles domination. Nah, it's going to be a close game in my opinion. Um, even if the Eagles somehow happen to win by ten to thirteen, I still consider that a close game compared to what other people think. Um, I feel like the Eagles having that bye week might be it might hurt them a little bit because the Giants are a team who's been playing. The Giants have basically been playing playoff football the last, like, five weeks. Um, right. 
competing for their playoff spot, not only within the division, but within the conference as a whole. So the Giants have been in playoff mode for the past couple of weeks where the Eagles had weeks where they were kind of able to cruise a little bit, especially without uh, Jalen Hurts. But my thing is, what Jalen Hurts are we going to see? Is Jalen Hurts going to be immediately right back into his MVP form? Or is it still going to be that Jalen Hurts we've seen week 18 against the Giants where he's had, what, what did he miss, two games? And then when he came back, he still wasn't his self-credited. I don't believe the game plan called for him to be the MVP version of himself. But at the right. same time, when you're not playing that style of football that you're so used to for a while, and then when you get eased back in and then you're off for another week, that 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 is bound for rust to happen. Now, I think the Eagles will start off a little bit slow because of the Jalen Hurts rust, and then right. I think they'll start to pick it up as the game goes on. But I'm just going to give the Giants credit. I think the game's going to be close because the Giants are a team where no matter who they're playing, they don't get blown out. Um, right. The Giants the Giants find a way to to either score somewhat enough with those teams or find a way to get key stops defensively when they need it. They're a team who just coasts their way through and at the end they give themselves a chance to win. Now, I feel like that style of football is a playoff formula because they have a running back in Saquon Barkley who – you know, he can tire out a, a physical defensive front, which the Eagles have. When you keep running the ball down someone's throat, it's bound to make those big boys up front tired. And the Giants also get it done running the ball with their quarterback. Daniel Jones last week, bro, against the Vikings, it was like six plays straight. He was just taking off running, design quarterback runs, read options, RPOs, QB power, where you have to respect Daniel Jones as a runner. Now, at the same time, Although their receivers and passing game was great last week against an elite Eagles sec secondary, I don't think the Giants have enough playmakers on the outside to keep up. But so so far this season, the Eagles' one struggle defensively has been running. So I think the Giants just have to rely on that rush defense to try to tire out that front seven because when you when you give them clear rushing lanes, that that front seven will tear you alive. So if the Giants want any chance in this game, they have to run the ball successfully. No, okay. you made. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead, no, all right, uh, Corey, you made some fair points in terms of the rust. Uh, I think those were valid points you made, uh, especially the, considering the significant amount of time you have been away from the field. But I will say, Jalen Hurts, from his work ethic and how he's always handled himself this season, uh, I feel like I'm sure he's, he's put just enough work to. He knows how crucial this game is. Uh, he's oh, not no, a guy yeah, that, I feel you. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Right. I feel gotcha. like he's gotcha. – on the same like page. mindset gotcha. is second to none. And I think gotcha. he's the – I feel like in terms of decision-making sometimes, he's the smartest right. quarterback in the league. But at of the course. same time, you could have – you could be smart, have smart decision-making, and have that, that like, dog mentality. But at the same time, your mind could tell you one thing, and your body physically could do another. So and I just feel like it's it's a possibility he could have some first-half rust on him. No, that's fair. Valid points. Okay, I'm fine. Okay, I got a little response to this real quick before Johnny goes. One, Jalen Hurts is fully, uh, 100% fully participated in practice, so I don't, I don't really see how Russ would play a factor. I don't even really see. I really feel like even if you bring up Week 18, I mean, I feel like they were just playing enough just to, honestly, just for him to get, you know, back into the groove of it and just to win the game. Like, it wasn't it wasn't high pressure. It wasn't really that intense. I mean, they sat Saquon and Daniel Jones. So, let's be honest. Like, I feel like there's no need to be high pressure. They he was just probably trying to get back in the groove of things. So, I wouldn't really hold Week 18 as just, like, 
thing, even though he missed two weeks. Because, like, to be honest, I had him missing two weeks, even if they would have won two weeks ago and he he didn't get hurt after the Bears game. To be honest, because, like, I feel like, all right, they win, they're going to rest their starters for the next two, three weeks because, like, why would we play them when we're already number one seed, locked up the one seed in the NFC and the division? That's another thing. Also, you said the Giants don't get blown out. I'll be honest. The Giants lost to the Eagles the first time they played them by 26. So I don't know. But to me, that's a blowout once you get past three touchdowns. Let, right, and, and for me to rebuttal that, I will say that's one game they got blown out. The second game, although their starters didn't play, and I will agree the Eagles didn't play 110% the way that they could in that Week 18 game. That game was still relatively close. And I just feel like for it to be a playoff atmosphere, playing a division opponent, these two teams know each other very well. I just see it being a close game. There's not many times in the playoffs where divisional games are complete routes where it's not even close. I get surprised at the Niners and Seahawks. But at the same time, to say Hurts has been, you know, practicing you practice and game and, and game speed, that's two different things. You can be one way in practice and look one way in practice, but once you get to that game speed simulation where you're taking hits, you have to make a throw under pressure or such as, or, or, or whatever, or you have to make a throw on the run. Um, it's hard to simulate that. So I just want to, I, I want to see, is he there physically or will there be rust? I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's a guarantee he's going to come out rusty. I'm not saying it's a guarantee he's going to come out on fire, but you have to think when you're coming off of an injury on a to your throwing shoulder as a quarterback, there's a chance you can have some rust there. Johnny, do you have any thoughts on this? Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. Uh, great points, Core. Great points, Kendrick. Um, also, um, so, Kendrick, I agree with you as far as not worried about the Jalen Hurts rust for the points that you had mentioned. But also, to answer your question, um, I mean, not question, but to answer your concern, Core, on the rust factor, I, I, here's why I'm not worried. And it's for the it's for the reasons of this. Um, let's just entertain the idea that maybe he does show a little bit rust, and the Eagles have to start off slow. Um, Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott combined for 457 yards between each other and seven touchdowns, and that's aside from Miles Sanders' 1,100 yards and nine plus touchdowns. So I feel like we have a complete run game. And yes, it does start with Jalen Hurts, but we've got backups, and Boston Scott has known to be a giant killer. That's actually his nickname in Philly. So let's just say Jalen is a little bit hesitant to run or a little bit rusty on the RPOs. He, I feel like we'll be okay in the, as far as running the ball efficiently until he gets it back together, so to speak. And another reason I'm not worried about the rust, and it's actually to the point that you had made, Corey, earlier, as far as you feel like sometimes he's the smartest quarterback on the field and how his mind has transitioned from last year as far as maturation, like, and just an intelligence for this new profound intelligence he has for the game and being able to see the things that what he can see now or the way he does this year. It's funny. I just actually found this out. Last year when we lost to the Bucks in the Tampa Bay game last year in the playoffs, they were, of course, the sideline yells at the quarterback and talks trash. They said that one of the, one of the trash-talking things that the Bucks were yelling were saying he can't read defenses. They were yelling that to, like, their defense, again, when Jalen Hurts was on the field. And I believe he took that serious. I believe that stayed with him. I believe he remembered that. And I believe he made it a notion to get in the film, to live in the film room. 
I believe he made it a notion. And you, as you said, you can. So with that being said, let's just say he does show a little bit of rust. He's smart enough. I, I think, I think he's smart enough to realize that the Giants, they give up big, they give up big plays to tight ends. Like they may do, they corners may be what they are, but TJ Hawkinson had 129 yards last week. I think, so expect Dallas Goddard to have a good game. Expect Jalen Hurts to check down the right way. Expect him to make the right decisions until that rust eventually wears off. And so at the end of the day, I do, I, I do, I, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with, with whatever jitters or whatever may or may not be with happening with, happening with Jalen's game at the start of the game. But I will say to your, to, to your point, do not, we should not let this game get close. Um, we are 31st in the league. We ended the season 31st in the league in, in, give, in, uh, stopping quarterbacks against the run. Now, maybe that, a lot, that might be because of the Justin Fields game or whatever, but quarterbacks do rip on us. They do. And Daniel Jones runs. He runs. So <laughs> at the end, of, like, it's, it's, it's crazy because at the end of the day, even if we stack the box on Saquon, he runs. And that might be a problem. That and, and the, not not much a problem, maybe an issue. I'll just call it an issue. Could still let's go birds. But we are we're not again not advocates, just analysts. So with that being said, we gotta watch out here for these giants, and they do have a pedigree. They have a good coach with a winning pedigree, and it's a third third round divisional match. Everything you guys said. So good at the end of the day, mediocre quarterback. But listen, <laughs> let me just say this. Let me just say this. Let me ask you this. I want to swing it to the rest of you two. I'm gonna keep it on you. Guys. Johnny, what's your score prediction? Because I'm calling 38 to 17. I like the I I, I like the I'm 38 round. I like the 38 round. I'll do you. I'll do 35 20. I'll do 35 20 21. I'll do okay. 35 21. I'll do 35 21 Eagles. Um. Yeah. That's fair. Dare, dare I say 35-24? Dare That's I say 35-24? Because at the end of the day, to my point, you got it. They will fight. They will fight. You're right. They're good. It's yeah. It's like that piece of toilet paper that you that just stays stuck to your shoe, and you're like a block away from the bathroom, and you're just still trying to shake it off. That's the Giants, and that's me being biased. All right. All right. Go ahead, Corday. What's your game prediction? And then Kendrick, you 34-23 Eagles. 34-23 Eagles. All right, Kendrick, swing it back to you in transition. 31-10. Whoa. Okay. 31-10. You, you think Giants going to do that poorly? Yes. Oh, uh, all right. Okay. I, I'm not mad. I like it. I, I'm not mad. Listen, I think – I mean, listen, I don't know. It's hard to beat a team three times, but – when you were playing, well, the, well, we'd be the exception. Well, actually, we're not the exception because the Seahawks did it. I mean, the 49ers did it first to the Seahawks. But oh, right, we can follow right. in their footsteps, though. You know, we can follow up. Follow up. Uh, we're, we're the birds. We fly in the sky. We lead. We lead. Well, winning the Super Bowl, well, well winning the Super Bowl would be our greatest lead. So, so yeah. So, we we're one step at a time, though. One step at a time. All right, now let's get to the, I'll probably say the most entertaining and exciting game coming up this weekend. Oh, man. It's going to be 
Sunday. Depending on where you're at and where you're located, times may vary. I know where I'm at right now. I think it's supposed to come on at 2 o'clock. <laughs> 1 o'clock, I'm, I'm not sure if they're doing Eastern Standard Time or the – because I'm on Central Time, just for y'all to know. Um, it's, the Bill, it's the Bills versus the Bengals. This might be the best game this weekend. Ooh. Y'all got, y'all got Joe Barrow? Or do y'all have Josh Allen? Are um, we looking at Jamar Chase? Or are we looking at <laughs> Stephon Diggs? Come on, talk Listen. to me. What are we looking at? Johnny, go ahead, Johnny, go ahead. Ah, shiesty season, Joe, shiesty babies. I know. <laughs> oh, I, I love them, bro. I love them. Listen, at the end of the day, Bills eight straight wins coming into this. Bengals nine straight dubs coming into this. I got to go with Burrow, bro. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. He's 4-1 and one in the playoffs. He's 4-1. He's 4-1, six, six touchdowns, two picks in his playoff debut since he's been in the league. 6-2 and two intercept, touchdown interception ratio. 4-1 in the playoffs. 35-12 this year, touchdown to interception ratio. And he played pretty solid last last week against a very respectable Raiders defense. Definitely did. Definitely did. So I would have to go with the ba- – oh, real quick. I, I, not being an advocate, just being an analyst. Jonah Jonah Williams starting left tackle down. Uh, Yes. And on top of that, they allowed – the Bengals O-line did give up like eight quarterback hits and four sacks last week. So, with that being said, that O-line stigma, here it comes again. And I think Von Miller isn't active, but still can be a problem for the Bengals as far as getting Joe some protection to be able to get it out to Tyler Boyd and Chase and, and, and those cats to let them do what they do. And honestly, I will say, at the end of the day, I am interested on uh, low-key – uh, the um, uh, the Bills' pass defense against the wide receiving core of the Bengals. They were fourth in pass defense this past season, and and they were fifth in yards allowed as far as corner sec as far as secondary is concerned. But and Johnny, and, sorry to interrupt, Johnny. Let's no, go ahead. In, let's throw in the fact that in Week Seventeen, Burrow did had a perfect QB rating, one hundred fifty-eight point three, four for four for fifty-two yards and a touchdown, and that was against. Was that against the Bills? Yeah, that was against the Bills. Yep. Here's, and to that point, and, and to that point, another reason I wanted to say the only thing I will say with why I think the Bengals receiving core will prevail, I don't trust the um, I don't I trust T Higgins to have a good game against Kair Elam. He's a rookie corner that's filled in for um, I think the uh, injury. He's a rookie. He's a rookie secondary. They put him on. They put him on the outside in, in that second string. And I don't think he's – I think T. Higgins has the better day. And um, even if they do double-team uh, Chase, uh, T. Higgins has proved that he can be that that number one receiver in certain games. Um, like, he he actually had a – he actually had a very underrated year. Um, but, yeah, so at the end of the day, I do like – but I have to go with – if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I would have to pick the uh, Bengals until they show me something different. Um, but I will watch out for that O-line. But at the end of the day, we'll see what's going on, man. If they can force some, if they can force some turnovers, I yeah, they can force some turnovers again. We'll see. Good thoughts, Johnny. Come on, bro. 
Be serious. The oh, no. Bro. Like, no, bro. I'm, I'm with you, bro. Joe Shiesty, bro. Shiesty. Joe Shiesty. Um, Come on! Let's go! Shiesty, I'm with you, 110%. Um, the, the Bengals, man, I, they're, they're one of my favorite teams in the league to watch. Uh, honestly, they're kind of one of my favorite teams in the league in general. Um, mm. Joe Burrow's that dude, bro. That man. Joe Burrow is that He's guy. guy. Um, Cigar Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Sykes, Joe Burrow, Burrow. Whatever, whatever you want to call him. Um, Joe Burrow, man, he's one of those guys, bro. He's so cool, comic collected, and he, it's weird because he's 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 such a humble guy, but he's a humble cocky. Like he just walks around, like his demeanor is like, I know I'm good, and no one's going to do anything about it. But he's so humble with it at the same time. Um, I just feel like. I feel like the, the, the Bengals have a little too much. Don't get me wrong. The Bills are an amazing team. But to piggyback off of what Johnny was saying, the Bills, their secondary is, a, is really questionable. They have a lot of rookies, young guys, and inexperienced players in that secondary. And although Jamar Chase has only been in the league for now his second season, he's one of those guys where he kind of just moves like a vet. Um, I'm not sure if you guys seen it. Uh, after the game, when they beat the Ravens last week in the wild card, he was saying, like, making fun of the Ravens' defensive coordinator, going, like, their game plan was a double-team one. But guess what? We got a dog, number 85, T. Higgins. We have a dog, number 83, Tyler Boyd. We have a dog, number 88, Hayden Hurst. So he takes pride in being doubled and getting all of that attention because it doesn't bother him to see his other teammates eat. And realistically, T. Higgins on any other team is a number one receiver. And on this team, he's he's a wide receiver, too. And even some games, when Tyler Boyd gets it going, he's a wide receiver, three. And I feel like if you're going to have Tredavious White shadow Jamar Chase all game, then Elam has a day ahead of him with T. Higgins. T. Higgins is, I feel like, one of the most underrated receivers in the league. Uh, 70, the se- yeah, 74 catches, seven touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like j- just not to get off off track a little bit, but – just a dog coming out of that draft class. What draft class is that? I believe 2019, 2020, when you had guys like Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayu, Michael Pittman. He, he, CeeDee Lamb, he showcased himself as one of the best receivers from that draft class, which is stacked in talent. And I feel like that speaks a lot, considering almost all those guys I named are, are star receivers. Um, but when it comes to the quarterback play, man, Josh Allen, as amazing as he is, every now and again, he's just bound for that that one boneheaded play where it's like, bro, what are you doing? And if the I feel like if the Bills want, want to win this game, they have to avoid many of those plays as possible. Um, I feel like the Bengals now, with having gone through that that playoff run last year, beating the number one seed, and then uh, pulling out a tough win against the Raiders in a wild card game, and then uh, going in Arrowhead and beating Patrick Mahomes and then coming maybe a Joe Burrow sack away from raising a Lombardi. I feel like they're they're hungry. And that that playoff run gave them some experience where I feel like the Bills, they're still kind of like – I feel like the Bills mentally are kind of thinking we have to catch the Chiefs. I feel like the Bills are thinking ahead a little bit because of how last year ended. You can't tell me those guys aren't thinking – we were this close from potentially being a Super Bowl champion. So I feel like that's still lingering in the back of their head where a, the, the Bengals are a team you can't overlook. Uh, before the tragedy of DeMar Hamlin happened, it looked like the the Bengals were on pace to possibly win that game. They started off so strong. 
I believe Colin said earlier, Burrow started off 4-4, perfect passive rating, a touchdown. And before Hamlin got hurt, the, the Bengals were moving the ball, looking like they were getting ready to set themselves up for another scoring opportunity. And the Bengals are a team where they, they, they play well on the road. It doesn't bother Joe Burrow to have to go and play in a hostile environment. It doesn't bother him to go have to play in a loud stadium. I, I just see the Bengals taking this one, though. Real quick, real quick, uh, just real quick. If the Bills do have any shot, they got to get off the field on third down. And I ain't going to lie, they were seventh. So they kind of might can do it a little bit. And to your point, they, it's like they're looking ahead and it's like in their head they got to test the Chiefs. It's like they built – it's almost as if they built their defense to stop Travis Kelsey. To like, beat the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, bro, they, they're, you know, it's funny, funny stat. They ended the season number one. And uh, and tight end, their defense ended number one in guarding tight ends as far as tight end efficiency. They, like their, their team is built to, their team is built to stop like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, but they're not built to stop like Jamar Chase or or another receiver. <laughs> oh, and, but before before I'm sorry, Kendrick. Before you go, I, uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even mention my representative. Well, I didn't even mention Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, he's a guy where he's another one of those Bengals players who's unselfish. There's times where Burrow might throw the ball 30 times a game, and uh, Mixon might only rush it 10 times a game, but he's still making impactful plays, whether that's blocking, picking up a blitz, taking a screen pass, going 20 yards, another unselfish player. And we don't know if this is a game where they're going to try to go run heavy with Joe Mixon or if they're going to go try to go pass heavy and get Joe Mixon involved in the passing game. Because Joe Mixon is one of those backs where he's pretty good at catching passes out of the backfield. He's good in the screen game. He's a good uh, blitz pick pickup running back. So the the Bengals offense, they I, I feel like the Bengals offense is really good, man. Man, shoot! Uh, if the, I, I got him using him in goal line, to your point, I think he had like a he had a good game. He low key was scoring the football this year. Mixing yeah, match. Yeah, what, like, like four touchdowns? Yeah, I was gonna say four touchdowns in that one game. I was thinking that. I couldn't remember how many, uh, touchdowns he had, but he definitely did. So at the end of the day, expect him to go line too. It's, it should be good. It should be good. It's gonna be cold, but it should be good. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely gonna be a good game. I'm not counting Buffalo out at all. Just, with my analysts, I'm just really high on, uh, Cincinnati right now, bro. Yeah, Johnny, my representative, said all the right things I had in mind talking about the game. So, yes, sir. I'm starting to think with these segments, me and Johnny are becoming we 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 we, we matching up mind wise, Johnny. Let's go, let's go. Real real quick, real quick side note. Even though we're siding with the Bengals, let's just start Eli Apple's field goal now. He's messed up with Stephon. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. What Cooper Cup did to him in February during Super Bowl had to be uh, during Black History Month. Racist has to be racist. (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. So we have a uh, unanimous, de- unanimous decision on the Bengals versus the Bills. Um, I'll throw in my little two cents. Personally, uh, I really I had the Bengals winning. Uh, not even you. You know, you can say, oh, tight ends, running back. Honestly, I'm going to say what it's really going to come down to. Josh Allen's going to do Josh Allen things. And he's going to throw an interception. He's going to turn that the ball over. That one boneheaded and, play, like I said, that, that one boneheaded play. And that's going to be the downfall. But it, it will also. It could also. It could also. You know, but Josh Allen does have a high upside, though. See, he's a high risk, high reward player. But you know, 
sometimes those those risks don't always work out, and that's what causes them to lose. But you know, I got Bengals. Bengals by Bengals by a touchdown. Bengals by a touchdown for sure. Moving on to the last game of the slate on Sunday, we got them boys. We got Put them boys. boys. We got the Cowboys. We got the Cowboys. And then we got we got the listen. You know what? Honestly, I gotta say this about the Forty ers I gotta say this about the Forty ers We got. Four days. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, Let him finish talking. Let him finish talking. All Forty ers man. What is it? Um, what, 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 we got the systematic team. The systematic team versus them boys. And what I mean by systematic, I mean no. by anybody there and play quarterback. Oh my! Anybody? Oh my! What? I mean, listen, we ain't oh gonna really, I ain't gonna get too much into it. I ain't gonna get too much into it. All I'm saying is, not about me, no. if you can, if you can throw the ball accurately for five, for a max five yards, for the most part, for a max five yards, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you can do some damage in that in that offensive game in that systematic system. That's all I'm. That's all I'm saying. Mm. But. Now back to the topic at hand. I'ma go to Corday first. You got them boys. You got the Cowboys with Dak Prescott coming off five touchdowns in his last game. Five. Well, wait, Corday. Before you say so, before you say so, I will say. Let me just say this. This game is gonna be so highly offensive in terms of scoring. Like you gotta remember, since week seven, what? it's gonna be a highly offensive game. You guys are gonna go no. blow for blow. Yes, you disrespecting no. the number one defense in the league? Come on, no, he's, no, no, stop. These guys since week seven has been the two highest scoring teams in the NFL with the number uh, one defense. Come on, let's. Oh, let's, let's, come on. When have the Dallas Cowboys played? When have the Dallas Cowboys played the number one defense in the league? Uh, they didn't. They played number two. They played number two. They played the number two. Who was they the number played, two defense? Who? Eagles. Oh, oh my. And ooh. How many points did they score? Oh. I mean, okay. I mean, you, how many I points mean, did the Cowboys score that game? You're right. Uh, no, yeah, we, we did play them twice. I mean, they didn't score that much the first time, but they did score a lot the second time. So, I mean, give or take, we broke even. And then, we broke even. And then, I'm, no, I'm agreeing with you, but then let me just ask, how many points did the Eagles score that second time? Oh, we scored 34. And who was the quarterback? Gardner Mitchell. And you really made me look at the Cowboys in a whole different light. I don't even know how to look at them anymore. Let, let, here, let me let me just start off with this. You're oh, you're God. asking the Niners fan, does he <laughs> think <laughs> the Cowboys are gonna win? No, yes. realistically, it's the NFL. Every team has Ridiculous. a chance to win any given Sunday. So I'll be realistic. They have a chance to win the game. Will they win the game? No. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But let me tell you why they won't win the game. So mm-hmm. let's go back the last two weeks. They faced a Washington team. Uh, I was about to call them their old name. They play, they play a Washington commander team <laughs> with a rookie, Sam Hollett quarterback. What was the result of that game? They lost. And it, let's not act like Dallas didn't have their starters out there. And they, let's not act like Dallas didn't play 100% hoping the Eagles lost so they can win that division. And then what did they do in the, in the next game when the playoffs started? They beat an eight and nine team, a team who negatively sh- had, had negative record and who technically shouldn't have been in the playoffs. They only got there because their division was that much worse. 
And guess guess what they did to the Buccaneers? They blew them out. Guess who else blew them out? The San Francisco 49ers, who, who's that's their opponent this week. So for oh. you to be celebrating playing against a negative opponent, and you're feeling like you're just going to go and steal the number one defense in the league is insane to me. The, the, this is a 49ers team who has put up 38-plus points in, in their last five games. 38. 38 points in their last five games. You have people saying, okay, this is Purdy's first time playing against a real defense, correct? Which, credit, the Cowboys have, have a good defense. This is Purdy's first time playing against a pretty solid defense. But at the same time, schematically, Kyle Shanahan is going to put Brock Purdy in positions to succeed. If last year the 49ers beat the Cowboys in the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, and let's be all honest, me as a Niners fan, I can say it. You guys as NFL fans can say it. Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs, he is the most like, we don't trust you, so we're going to rely on our running game and defense. This is the first time in a while I feel like Kyle Shanahan has a quarterback he can trust. So if he was able to scheme Jimmy G in those positions to win playoff games and be successful, what makes you think he won't be able to scheme Brock Purdy in those playoff games and also be successful? Where ever since Jimmy G went out, the 49ers offense has taken a jump. This offense was averaging about 24 points a game with Jimmy G at quarterback, and ever since Brock Purdy took over, this team's averaging 35. Think about it. They've jumped up scoring 10 points, and the Dallas Cowboys, don't get me wrong, they have a good defense. I, I like Trevon Diggs. I like Michael Parsons. Demarcus Lawrence gets his fair share of work done, too. But at the same time, outside of Trayvon Diggs, I don't like anyone in the Cowboys secondary. Their secondary is so injured right now, and they're playing young rookies and unexperienced guys who don't have, have really any playoff experience. You mean to tell me you don't think, uh, like, like Kendrick said earlier, you don't think Purdy could throw a five-yard pass to Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel when they could take it 30 yards, 80 yards? Trayvon Diggs, although he's a good corner and he gets a lot of interceptions, He's also a corner who takes a lot of risks and gambles. He's falls so victim to double moves where I feel like I like our chances at us targeting Trayvon Diggs. Uh, in that playoff game last year, Brandon Ayuk hit, uh, hit Diggs with, I believe, three double moves, and it worked every time. Diggs falls so victim to the double moves where I feel like the Cowboys, they won't be able to keep up with our offense. This is a game where, honestly, I see our offense scoring 35-plus points again. And then, on a and then on the defensive end, we're the number one rush defense in the league where you have – don't give me – Tony Pollard has been playing really good. He's been playing amazing. He's in a bit of a slump, but he started – he got out of the slump. But then you look at Ezekiel Elliott. That again? I think you said something. But then you look at Ezekiel Elliott, and Ezekiel Elliott is averaging not even four yards of carry, where I feel like the Cowboys are going to have to rely a lot on Dak Prescott's arm to win this game which I feel like is not impossible, it's not a hard ask. But at the same time, this is playoff football we're talking about. You're going to need a good balance of rushing and passing. If you can't open that – if you can't establish that run and you're passing so much, you're only giving the front seven guys like Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, a healthy Javon Kinlaw, uh, Talanoa Hufunga who blitzes. You're giving those guys free shots to hit your quarterback almost every play. You can't establish any kind of run. That, that, that's my ring. I'm done. You guys got the floor. <laughs> John? No? Hey, can can y'all hear me? Can y'all hear yeah, me? Yeah. Mom? I think he was on. Yeah, I th first yeah, my fault. Uh first of all, right on core. 
and a hundred percent. And I feel I feel the exact same way, but just in just like different aspects. But I feel the same way. Um, first of all, um, to to his point, uh, as far as the Cowboys' pat, as far as far as Brock Purdy going up against an actual solid defense, like I'll give him. Like, I'll agree with that halfway in the extent they do got, like, four. The Cowboys did end the season with about four players with over six sacks. I'll give them that. They had, like, 54 sacks, top of third as a team. And that's about it where it ends. That's about it where it ends. It's pretty much their, it's pretty much their front. Because they, at the end of the day, I, um, like, I, Trayvon Diggs did have a better year than he did last year. As what, well, as far as, like, ending last year, as far as, Giving up yards, but I mean, he had seven receptions, uh, on him and gave up 75 yards technically last week. Um, I think Mike Evans got him on one big play where he just shoved him out of bounds. Um, he, like, quarterbacks have like 87% rates on him throughout the year, passing to his side, so it was, oh, it's okay, but like you said, Brandon Ayuk, he's got like an, another thousand yard year, eight touchdowns, 78 catches. He's like another T. Higgins, just like an underrated killer. And his route running is low-key amazing. Like, that, it's the reason he gets open the way he does. And like you said, like like Corey said, they're playing a bunch of rookies, just inexperienced. De'Ron Bland, 85 yards and gave up a touchdown last week. Um, so, I mean, God bless those guys. And at the end of the day, they can pass the football to Christian McCaffrey as well. Excellent reception running back. Really know what he can do. Um I think he had like last week 115 yards, 115 yards last week, I believe, right? 15 touches. Yeah, and, and that's like a eight yards of pop. Ripped, he ripped off a 70 yard run. Yeah. So and and on top of that, like those checks. So at the end of the day, but like you said, like you said, like like I said before, Cowboys were top of third in pass rush. They had some success, but they can just throw the foot. They can just check down, screen you, and throw the football. And guess what? Like you said again. They have a quarterback that they trust now. 217 yards that one game he had. You got to start giving it to Brock a little bit. After a while, yes, they can hop behind a defense, can hop behind a run game, but after a while, you got to start giving this kid his chops. He's been earning, you got to start giving him his props. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, yeah, I would have to go with the Niners in this situation just based off the fact that the Cowboys are not going to be able to get the runoff. I mean, I, the only player I can really see having success is Dalton Schultz. Um, Dak loves his tight ends. Um, Dalton Schultz will have a good game, probably. I think the Niners are like middle of the pack in defending, like, you know, as far as tight ends having success against we them, were, but that's uh, not really we were enough to make a difference. Against tight ends. All right, yeah, that's we not enough to make against tight ends. So, like, okay. Yeah, so that's not, I don't think that's enough. Um, I, I don't think Dalton Schultz is getting, it, I mean, unless he catches four touchdowns. I mean, sorry. Not you can knock on wood. Sorry about that, Niners fans. But uh, <laughs> I'm just—it's basically to a, you know—you get my point. It's just going to be too much, mainly on the defensive side. And then can we just like shout out? All right, I, I do have to real quick shout out Nick Bosa. This kid was a—he was a monster this past year. I, you know me, Eagles all all day. I love I love Hassan Reddit, Eagles player all day. But I'm not going to lie. He was, Nick, Nick was like out of his body, 18 and a half and about 48 QB hits. So he's knocking you, he's making you feel sorry that you got the ball off, even if he doesn't hit you. So God knows what he did to quarterbacks mentally this year. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, shoot, I think, uh, I mean, real quick, not to play, um, not to play advocate. I think the Cowboys were like fourth 
And um, as far as, like, protecting the quarterback, they were, like, fourth in, like, you know, pass protecting percentage. I think they only took, like, 27 sacks. Not bad, uh, yeah, but I still think the Niners get to him. I still think you guys get to him. They were. Um, so I'll credit them for that. But at the same time, I could I could rebuttal that by saying Nick Bosa is one of those edge rushers where, similar to Michael Parsons, and I'll make that point after my Bosa point, he's one of those pass rushers where he moves around on the line. And with Tyrone Smith back, he, he didn't play – amazing in uh that playoff game you know he was injured most of the year he still yeah who, he got beat like a drum last week i forgot yeah, who it was so you need but... to tell me a guy who is trying to get his feet back in the heat of the playoffs where it matters the most i feel like a guy like nick bosa is licking his chops at something like that and then even if you decide to go flip him around on the other side they have they have a rookie on that other side where don't get me wrong he's been playing a lot better you know getting his uh groove finding his own but when you play a guy like Nick Bosa, who's most likely going to be the defensive player of the year, that can throw you off of your game alone because that could just bother you mentally. Uh, you mentioned it, Bosa, 18 and a half sacks. He led the league in sacks, 18 and a half. Led the league in uh, quarterback pressures at 86. He was, I believe, mm. top three in quarterback hits. Uh, <laughs> so he, he's just a guy where he's going to be all over the field. Uh, if, the, if the Cowboys want any chance of winning, they're going to have to circle Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. And I didn't even mention Christian McCaffrey on my first point. The Cowboys, they're a team who, we mentioned it, they're, they're pretty good at getting home, uh, getting sacks on the quarterback. But they're one of those teams where their sacks comes from a lot of blitzes, whether it's Micah Parsons or trying to blitz a safety, uh, Malik Hooker, uh, where that formula, I believe, won't necessarily work against us because, like you mentioned earlier, McCaffrey, you don't really want to see him man-on-man in open space because nine times out of ten, he's winning that matchup. If you put a guy like Leighton Van Der Esch or Michael Parsons on him, I like my chances with Christian McCaffrey all day. But now going to the Michael Parsons point I was making, um, like, like I said, they're good at getting home. They're good at sacking the quarterback. And Michael Parsons is another one of those guys who, uh, who moves around on the defensive line. And most of the time he does his work on the left side. But guess what? They have Trent Williams on the left side, who's arguably the best left tackle in football, if you, if you don't think he is. So they're most likely going to be putting Parsons on the right side. But at the same time, the 49ers can kind of counter that, which they did last playoffs, where when he lined up on the right side, they were putting Mike McGlinchey on him, and then he was also lining up George Kittle on that side, setting the double team. Getting and he had nothing. And no set. They did not get a single touch on Garoppolo last playoff game. And Purdy is a guy where we talked about them trusting Purdy. Purdy's a guy who moves in the pocket. He's not a sitting duck like Jimmy Garoppolo is. We saw last week Purdy had a play where he scrambled out right, stepped back, duped the guy, came across uh, the field, and threw a touchdown to Elijah Mitchell. Um, You know, Kendrick was saying, you know, system quarterback. Not saying he's wrong necessarily, but at the same time, like you were saying, it's time to give Purdy some flowers. Just because me being a nice fan in the past, we've had games where Jimmy Garoppolo came out struggling, and we completely abandoned the pass. We would just run – maybe 30 times that the rest of that half. No, Purdy came out that first playoff game looking nervous, looking a little rattled. But Kyle Shanahan, you could tell this is a guy Kyle Shanahan trusts because despite him starting off passing like one for four, we still proceeded to throw 20 passes in that first half and have success scoring. He, he let Purdy play out, of, play out of a funk, get in the rhythm, and then in that second half, it was, a, it was a manslaughter in that second half. This is the first time since his 49ers regime, I feel like Kyle Shanahan has a quarterback he actually trusts to throw the ball. And one last point, and one last point, um, they take the darn ball away. 
They were first first in the league, and Dak's good for a pick or two against a good defense. Don't let the I'm not yeah, I'm not we, falling for those touchdowns he threw last week. These these guys take the they take the football away. We we gave up we we've had more interceptions than touchdown passes allowed this season. Now that's the bar. That's a stat. That's a stat to say something. Colin, what are your thoughts? What you got on your mind? Uh, listen, man. Uh, I, I just don't see the Cowboys winning this. Uh, and I don't want them to win, uh, more importantly. So I'm just keep it simple. <laughs> uh, but I, I do feel like this is the 49 I do feel like this is the 49ers game. Guys, what are your score predictions? Uh I don't know. I said it was going to be high offense, but you guys are killing me for that. So now I'm thinking, uh, I, I'm not sure. I really don't know. <laughs> I got 38-24, Niners. Okay. High scoring, high offense. He was killing me for that. I, I'll be honest. I think they're going to – I got – He was killing me for that. Rather it's gar- – no, no, because you was making it – if you ask me 38-24, that's not necessarily close. Um, that's, especially, that's pretty, especially that's, if that's I think, always, that's sixty points altogether. Come on. Especially if I think it's going to be like a garbage time touchdown, like Seattle actually they scored twenty three, but that twenty three was a garbage time touchdown when the starters were already out the game. Okay. Thirty eight twenty four is not bad actually. All right, John. John. Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm okay. Uh, you know what? 18 to, 18 to 28. No, matter of fact, 18 to 31 because that kicker sucks. <laughs> Brent Marr, Brent I think he Marr. just had a bad week, a bad day. I think it was just a bad day, honestly. Cause like, cause like, realistically, he, I think, missed three extra points the entire season. The fact that he missed four in one game, I really just feel like it was just a bad day for him. No, I agree. I think it was a bad day, but at the same time, that could, that could play over to the next game. We don't know what his, what his mind is like mentally. Especially when you have your, the quarterback on the sideline slamming his helmet, yelling "Let's go for a freaking two and stuff like that," and coach throwing up his arms and stuff, and then there's talk of you working out kickers. I mean, me personally, I don't really see him doing that again. But you never know; it's possible. Where'd you hear that at about working out kickers? Because I heard I saw something different, so that's why I was curious. No, 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 no. They 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 didn't work out kickers, but I'm saying uh, there's there, there's chatter within like media of them working out kickers where realistically players say they don't hear stuff like that, but I, I believe they, they really do. I'll give my score prediction. I'm looking at a 27 to 17 game. Honestly, I feel like the 49ers defense is just going to do their job, cause some turnovers. They'll definitely get some, they'll definitely get like a late touchdown in the fourth quarter, but other than that, I really feel like we're just we're just going to watch a, a Cowboys offense not really be a Cowboys offense just because I feel like the 49ers defense is just going to dominate them, honestly. So the reason why I have a scoring in the 30s or, or a high amount of points is I believe, like, the way the Cowboys play defense, I believe our offense is the type of offense to beat their kind of defense. Uh, just because we have – our whole offense is physical, bro. Uh, Debo Samuel, run down your throat. Christian McCaffrey, run down your throat. Ayuk, man, I feel like Johnny was talking about his route running early. I feel like he's one of the most underrated route runners in the league. 
But at the same time, and at, at that wide receiver position, he might be the best blocking wide receiver in the league. Did you guys see that block he had against uh, Tariq Woolen last week on that Debo long touchdown? Oh, yeah. And, I, and bro, I incredibly. Are you kidding? And first of all, I shouted out Todd Woolen a couple segments ago, but he got a little void on that play. And uh, Jawan Jennings, not a not a household name, not a name, not a name everyone knows about, but he's another guy where he's just he's just so physical. He has no problem blocking if he has to. Well, look, well, look. I tell you this, core. As the old saying goes, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and that's from the Eagles fans. That's a bar. That's a Listen, bar. Listen, I'm I'm yeah, playing the real Eagles Niners in the week. That's my plan. Eagles Niners in a week. Okay. All right. So you know, we had a great episode. Listen, we had we had some we had some we had some. Honestly, we was very we was very favorable with each other about who we thought was going to win because everyone picked the Niners over the Cowboys. Everybody picked the Bengals over the Bills. Everybody picked the Eagles over the Giants. I stand alone against the Jaguars versus the Chiefs. I'm standing ten toes down on it. I'm taking the hot team, and they're going to upset it. Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm going to pass this off to Colin. Would you finish this up? <laughs> Thanks a lot. Shout out to you, Kendrick. You did an awesome job mediating. I'm sure everyone else will enjoy it. Uh, shout out to Johnny and Corday. You guys have really brought some entertaining, intense debate, strong points. I know the fans appreciate it. Uh, you guys can follow us on at on Instagram at RestrictedZonePod. You can follow us Instagram individually. Our usernames will be on the bottom. And that also concludes episode 89 of the Restricted Zone podcast. You can follow us on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can follow us on all streaming platforms, whether it be Apple, Spotify, you name it, Android, Apple. And it's free. You don't have to pay a dime. So all you have to do is just share it. And we definitely appreciate the support. Have a great day, guys, and enjoy the football weekend.